before we get into the next episode of By Association, I'd like to take a moment to thank Bose for their support of this podcast and their amazing noise-canceling 700 headphones that make each episode a joy to make. Thank you, Bose. Hi, I'm Marisa Janiku. And I'm Michelle Wungsmanavi. And welcome to By Association, a show where we talk about the connection between creative entrepreneurs and their collective drive to bring a product or brand with purpose to the consumer. A connection usually starts with a drink, and this is how we'll start our show. Sharing a bottle of wine or champagne, and understanding why this bottle is special to our guest. Welcome to a new episode of By Association. My name is Michel Wongsmanawi. Uh, on my right we have Maurice Ajanaku, and today we have a special guest, Charlene uh, Austin. Welcome. Charlene. Thank you, thank you. Glad to be here, and thanks for the invite. Of course. No problem at all. Uh, we always start by introduction, so uh, how would you, could, could you introduce yourself or describe who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Charlene Austin. Um, I am from Delft. Um, I'm a communication professional and at the moment I am the head of communications for So House Amsterdam. That's me. All right. <laughs> nice. How do you guys know each other? Because the, the podcast is called By Association, so we always ask the guests What's the relationship between you and one of us? Me and Mo go way back. Way uh, back. 11 years now. You actually counted? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, so I worked together with Maurice 11 years ago on this amazing blog called ajanacrew.com. Ah, but uh, we do need to go back one step. <laughs> There's one individual that introduced us to each other. We need to give him a shout out. Yes, Simi Baus. Yeah, Simon yes. Baus, yeah. aka Bobby Pola. Oh yeah. Best illustrator ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we got connected to each other. Um, I just got back from New York. I wanted to write about art. And basically Simon said, like, hey, just connect with Maurice because he has this blog called thejanical.com. Um, has a great reach already. So yeah, I think that would be a great fit. So yeah, from there, we just worked together for five years. I, it stopped in, I don't remember when it stopped. 2014? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah some, like somewhere it. around there, 14. I don't remember when I stopped. Maybe 15, so six years actually. I yeah. story a lot, by the way, about the blog, because he was quite famous in the, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Famous is a big word. Let's just say I knew the. Ne- I, had a, I had a network that appreciated what I did. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, but it was Char- fun. Yeah, and Charlene was really, you know, she really had a lot of contributors, mm-hmm. and Charlene, I would say, was one of the main contributors that I would say really helped to keep Ajanaku alive. The, the the blog, like I was, you know, I was. I was busy with my profession and my career and so on. And, and Charlene just really put so much passion into it that really she became, in my view, at one point, actually the face of a Janaku where I could step a bit down and take care of my little kids. <laughs> and I always said to Charlene, Charlene, there's this thing you need to go to. Go. She's Uh-oh. like, I go. I'll be a Janaku. Yeah. And, you know, so that was really so Charlene really, you know, helped me really still or helped a Janaku continue to grow and, and, mm-hmm. and, and where it eventually ended and at one point you know decided and i think i also told you when i decided to just you know close the book on that chapter to open more books so yeah yeah but what i also liked about it is just um it gave me a platform to express myself Mm -hmm. and um also to get to know a lot of people as well so um 
yeah, I just love doing it. So how is life after the blog? Um, <laughs> good, crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like during the blog, I was working at TBWA in Amsterdam. I was an account executive, uh, worked for Heineken mainly, and I did that for five years. Um, so yeah, focused on work. Where then, she did, where she worked with my wife, just yes, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah connection yeah. there as well. well. Yeah, so I was so integrated in the family. <laughs> it's not even funny, um, but yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a really good experience, and also my first, um, how do you say, it, professional step in um, in the advertising world. Mm. Um, after that, I went to a smaller agency called Iris. After Iris, um, I took um, a little break from everything. And then after that, I went to Stats, creative agency. Um, so in total, that was like a period of six years of advertising uh, life. And yeah, I just realized like, actually, <coughs> that is not really for me because it's really about you know project management production excel sheets word mm. documents etc um so i just started thinking like okay what was the period in my life that I was really happy the blog and that was actually <laughs> the blog yeah yeah i mean it was um and then i just figured like hey i just should do communications i should just be writing and you know writing about my passion basically or what interests me um so that's how i um got the gig at soul house at, yeah eventually all right so cool. you thought okay i'm, I'm going to change uh, my path i'm going to stop you there for all a right. sec you know how we started oh, the show yeah. michelle and and and, and and charlene is a bit different than a lot of other guests we've had well different than every other guest we've had where charlene did not want to let us know or share with us prior to this moment what she has brought with her um wine champagne or could it be something else even <laughs> i'm very curious okay. um so what did you bring with you Shirley? yes so when you asked me to bring my favorite bottle of wine i was like i do drink wine but it's becoming less and less and um i don't really have a favorite bottle and i'm like Okay, so what do I order in the restaurant? I'm always really particular, but I always forget the, the, the taste and the brand. And, you know, it's always an issue if I go to a restaurant. So I'm like, okay, so what is like a gezelligheids drink that I do like every time, you know, buy or order or anything like that? So I decided to be a bit disruptive. Oh, Lord. Here it comes, but it's like wrapped up as a present because I thought I have to give these guys something. <laughs> um, Just unpack your own present. Unpack my own present. <laughs> yes. So, can I get a drum roll, please? I'm, I, I'm still okay, yeah, okay, it's in the box. My, my so eyes are fair a bit. Enough. Oh, I brought wow. a whiskey. Yeah. Wow, so basically Charlene is the first one to break the, 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 tra the tradition of wine or champagne. Yes, so I guess we got to open it up for all our future guests as well then. Oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> but no, for real. If you really want to get to know me and you're asking me what do you have a connection with, like a drink, I'm like, okay, it's just since a few years mm-hmm. I've been into whiskeys. And I got introduced to my first whiskey actually at Stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I worked at Stat, they had um, this project called New Newberg Theater. It's actually location. So it was an old theater in Amsterdam East that they opened. Yeah. And it was like a creative hotspot, but also a restaurant. So sometimes I would go there with a friend or just stay there after work having drinks. <coughs> and Jochem, Jochem Leegstra, the founder of Stat, um, he was always like, ooh, yeah. he had like this whole closet of different drinks. He's and, a great guy. You know, yeah, guy. he's amazing. Amazing guy. Um, and unique um, backgrounds and stories, etc. Yeah. So he's, he, t- he spoke about this whiskey a few times. I'm like, okay, Jochem, just let me taste that whiskey. He's like, okay. So he poured a glass and you need like a little, <laughs> just a little bit. And my first sip was like, oh, wow, that's so intense, but it's also really, really tasteful as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought, I brought a bottle, a Japanese whiskey, actually. Wow. Um, so the story is also very interesting because um, I forgot the name of the founder, but basically he was born in a family that made, um, how do you call that again? Grain, grain, No. Just, just, just the the Japanese wine. Uh, um, sake. Uh, sake. Yes. Thank you. Um, so he was born in a family. Um, learned a lot about that. Went to university in Japan as well, and from there he went to Scotland to um, basically study how you make, you know, the Scottish whiskies. And after the study, he went back to Japan just, to, you know. Um, refine it a bit, make it better, make it more adaptable to the region, etc. Um, and from there, he opened the distillery called Nika. Okay. Yeah, so that's where this whiskey is from. Nice. So this one is Nika, Nika from the barrel that I brought. Okay. So we have the right glasses, right, men? Or do we want <laughs> the official glasses? Like what, Whatever. <laughs> Because if I would have told you, oh, bring me like a scratch glass or anything, you're like, oh, fuck, she brought, she brought whiskey. She is <laughs> so disruptive. I mean, you oh want this gosh. glass or you want the more rounder? I'm fine with this, but whatever you I guys mean, want. No, let's bring the rounder, guys. All right, cool. I, this was just a distraction, basically. I'll, I'll go get him. No worries. Are we still recording? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I can continue asking you questions or we can wait for him. I don't know. Because I was expecting some uh, palm wine from Ghana. Ah. I thought that you were going to surprise me and we could start that conversation Ah. of, uh, you know, of course we know Nigeria has the best jollof rice. (laughs) Um, So I thought you were going to bring your palm wine from Ghana if they have any there. I don't even know if they have any there because, you know, I know know Nigeria always produces the best of everything in West Africa. Okay. Right, Charlene? Yes, Maurice, whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whatever makes you happy. It's at the end of your work day, I'll cut you some slack. No, no, no. Look, I mean, we could just, you know, we could put, well, you have to admit, Ghana, Nigeria, I guess it's, you know, we love to hate each other. Yeah, but we love each other. It's siblings. Yes. We don't really have anybody else in West Africa except each other to talk to. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just going to pour you guys some. Well, I think... Uh, I think Michelle's super happy. Is he? Jesus. Sorry. Yeah, we have an hour. No. I know, but I need to drive home. 
Oh yeah, true. Then we have another hour. Yeah, that's good. So thank you, Charlene, for breaking the, the, the rules of by association, but I do get it. I, you know, I understand. It's, you know, if, if you don't have that wine or that champagne that really mirrors or you can tell your story about, then I understand that you can bring something else that really does you know, start that conversation. It makes us a lot looser than maybe a, ball, a glass of uh, <laughs> wine would be. So, yeah. Cheers, Cheers. gentlemen. Cheers. Wow. Ooh. Wow. I know, right? Oof. You just need a little. Good. I like it. <laughs> it's good, eh? It's always the same. Like, um, I like what I like. Maurice can like break it down a little bit more, like or, or he can really break it down. No, like you say that, like this, but I, that's like not that. true. No, but I'm, <laughs> I mean, I, like, I mean, I ah, pretend. Yeah, it has a, a floral note of. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> no, I don't go. I'm not really that <laughs> capable. Let's say, Michelle gives me a bit too many props on that front. I say, like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, my, my my word to go to when I describe a champagne is musty. complex and complex, my, complex and musty. Right. Every, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, so that's, and best yeah. description ever. Uh, best yeah, description yeah. ever. Mm -mm -mm. Best description ever. But you had a question, Michelle. You were about to ask me before I asked you to stop and we pour the whiskey. Already forgot. You already oh, forgot. So, so a house. So why don't we go back? So you said you, you, you were talking about the fact that you knew that this isn't what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the blog is it was it really the blog or more kind of a state of mind or or, or or an expression or what was it and 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 when was it like when was that moment that you kind of woke up or or, or had that moment where you went you know what actually let's try and find something else that you know means or means more to me is it more the fact that you're looking for something that means more to you or that you just have more freedom to express yourself Ooh. um like originally I have an arts background. I studied arts and culture, the economics of the arts at Erasmus University in Rotterdam. And after my studies, I went to New York and worked at the Museum of Arts and Design where I was a PR assistant. And I just loved working there. Like, you know, talking about art, guiding press, writing about it um, and I even got a rush if I pitched a story and then at the end of the week it was captured by newspapers it was amazing um, and then when I came back um, I was like okay the art world in the Netherlands is kind of passive like in New York it's really commercial but still artistic and um, you know, because they have so much competition. And in the Netherlands, it's all subsidized. Well, at that time, I'm talking 2009. And are you talking about specific arts, or just art in general, or yeah. specific art kind of uh, No, section? I'm talking about museums. Museums, really, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from there, I uh, decided that I want to learn more about commercial thinking, and that's how I stepped into advertising. Um, so, I had this thing in my mind that I wanted to bring the commercial and the artistic together. So during my time at TVA, I really learned how, you know, clients think what they want, etc. But still through Ajanaku, I was able to have that 
you know, connection to the arts and to lifestyle, etc. So I was perfectly in balance. <coughs> but then Arjanaku stopped, of course, which was fine because Maurice. <laughs> I'm was, feeling guilty now. <laughs> no, but I mean, like Maurice was having his kids. I was changing jobs. Uh, Nick Plump also, you know, had other ambitions. Um, so it was fine. So I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna focus on this advertising thing, which I thought was where I needed to be, especially when I started at Stat, because Stat was the ultimate combination of arts. Everything they make starts from an arts and design perspective. And for, for them, beauty is very important. So I thought, okay, this is the place where I need to be because it's commercial, it's advertising, where I have experience in, and it's also artistic and design. But then when I was working there, I just discovered like it's it, the type of work. It's not for me. It doesn't come naturally to me. So after a year, I really had to think like, OK, I have all this experience all together. Um, but what really made me happy? And that was my time at the museum in New York and also identical. So mm -hmm. it added up. It just made sense. So, and you started looking for something similar or something in that line. Yeah, so I just first I just started looking for something that is communications, communications PR, because at first we were all production jobs, account account jobs, account management, etc. So I needed to stay away from that. Um, and then um, for me, the two things that were important is uh, communications and something creative. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the job opening at Soho House, um, I saw it really as an opportunity to talk and communicate about the creative community. Those two things were what made me just apply for a job. And how do you, when, I mean, Soho House is connected to creativity. How, how, why and, and why is, where's that connection? Yeah. Because I mean, not everybody listening knows Soho House. And exactly. Can make that connection will be good to understand kind of why you felt Soho House was that outlet for creativity as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Soho House is uh, a private members club from uh, the UK, from London. Um, it started in 1995 and the owner, Nick Jones, um, had a restaurant in Soho and he was offered um, a, so let, let's say a level on top of his restaurant came free. So he was offered to buy that or take that, but he wasn't able to connect that to the restaurant. So he decided that he wanted to create this private members club basically. Yeah. But then not like, because private member clubs in London are very common. Yeah, like but, the arts club and all those. Yeah, well, if, back in the day, if you think of private member club, you think, of white guys old guys with cigars from wearing a suit tie. wearing a suit and tie uh rich etc but he wanted um the same kind of service because it's always like a unique service it's more special kind of so he wanted to um deliver that but then for people to just come as they are mm -hmm. like if you look at him he wears hoodies he wears you know, uh, sports shoes, and he's kind of a regular guy. Um, so uh, his clients were, for, for the restaurant, were made uh, mainly from the film industry. Okay. So, um, yeah, he opened up that, um, that part above his restaurant, 
for people from film. And the first year was just very successful. He didn't expect it. He just, just tried and it was, yeah, it became so successful. So then he started opening it up for people from TV, fashion, music. So it became creative industry. Yeah. So um, now we have 25 locations all around the world. Um, the one in Amsterdam opened in 2018 and um, it's in the city center of Amsterdam. And basically it's the, yeah, the creative community of, of, of Amsterdam, of the Netherlands. Um, and what I really admired because setting up Can or starting, by the way? Oh, sorry. Before, sorry to interrupt you, but how do you become a member and what does it entail to be a member? So you just have to be from the creative industry. Uh-huh. And then um, you sign up online, you fill in like um, creative CV, creative, you know, just tell us about yourself and what you can contribute to um, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have a committee of 25 to 30 people that are from the creative industry. So let's see, a museum director or someone from dance industry, uh, music, uh, tech as well, just just a very solid group of people who have a great reputation, but also great experience. Um, and then every, I think four months or three months, they come together and just go through the list mm-hmm. and make sure that the right people are, you know, accepted in the club. So it's really, um, I compare it to when I was younger, um, on the Wednesday afternoons, um, I would go to this club near my house um, because half of the day I was off and my mom needed me to be somewhere. Oh, so this is when you were, in, when you were young. When school. I was younger, yeah, yeah. club, I would think maybe nightclub oh, on no. a Wednesday afternoon. Oh, no, how do you afternoon. say that? After, after school no, activity <laughs> just, place. Just, just making sure you weren't ending up going to a nightclub oh. <laughs> or a dance club on Wednesday. <laughs> Opening bottles, popping bottles when I was 12. Oh. Um, no, but that was, uh, so that was also a place where I could play, where they had courses, dance lessons, but they also had a canteen. So I would always go there on the Wednesday afternoon just to express myself creatively. Yeah. And that's how I compare it Soul House, actually. It's just a place where, you know, people work, people eat, drink, come together, and you're with like-minded people. So you know that, you know, what connects all the people in the building is creativity. And it really feels like a house. So yes. you can just walk around between all the different levels, um, have a swim on the rooftop, um, go to the cinema if you want. Um, so yeah, it's really a relaxing space. Um, so for me, it was really important that you know you have all these creative people together, and I'll be telling the stories of these creative people. Uh, so that is how I got there, and that is what So House is. And one of your past really kind of. <clears throat> So, so you're at Soho House now telling these creative stories. I mean, were there certain things in, in, in your whole career path and in, in your youth that really helped you kind of form you to be able to tell these stories? Are you really the one writing and posting about these stories and, and, and telling these stories on social or on other channels? Or, is it, or are you together with a team doing it together? And No, so I'm a one-woman's band at Soho House. <laughs> um, 
I do all the marketing communications by myself for Amsterdam. Um, yeah, what I what I like about when I was trained at the beginning, I had a manager for like six months who trained me and just let me understand what the philosophy is of Soul House. And it's 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 really about like it's almost a tagline. We always say it's all about the members. So we always connect with them like if you become a member then you have access to this platform with all this um, um, content creative content stories uh, knowledge sharing but also activities courses mm -hmm. that you can follow um, so I guess it's just my interest for for art that connects me to um, this place where I am at now and it all needs to be organic um as in um so for instance i started this series called meet the members because <laughs> when we opened or before we opened the whole city was against us um no one understood why another hotel was opened or no one <clears throat> understood or appreciated the fact that we're opening a building that's not accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of um, misunderstanding and a lot of almost hate against mm -hmm. Soho House. So when I got hired, I just got the mission, like let Netherlands, let Amsterdam understand who we are. Um, this was also, you know, you have the membership team, which is a great team of people who know the city, who know the creative industry, and are responsible for inviting the right people and making them understand as well. So yeah. it was definitely a team effort. So when we were open and, you know, we had a crowd and people started coming in, um, those that were members understood us and loved the house, but still we had people externally who were like okay but what are you what are you doing in that building kind of so you know it's a combination of showing what we have and what our interior is mm -hmm. um but also i started this series called meet the members where we gave our social media platform to a member just to tell about themselves so what they normally do is just you know profile the member just do a short interview, yeah. write about what they do, their hobbies and their talents, and that's it. But I wanted them to um, use our platform to share what they actually do. So we had a photographer um, who we asked to show us his Amsterdam. So he showed us, you know, Eiburg, he showed us uh, Amsterdam Noord, um, just not the regular things of Amsterdam. Yeah. Or we had a fashion stylist who we told like, okay, photography is not allowed in the house, but you use the house. You, you choose which areas you like the most and just use it for your artistic expression. So she did like a really cool shoot um, that she shared with us. So in that sense, it was more of a collaboration and content creation together. Yeah. So just to be sure, like So House is a hotel with a closed off floor for members only. <laughs> So right. House is a private members club for the creative community. For the creative community, all right. Yeah. And is it like an annual fee or? Yes. All right. Annual fee or monthly fee. Depends on what you want to pay. All right. And mm -hmm. they have hotels in some of the houses. Yeah. So yeah. we have, yeah, we have bedrooms as well. But yeah, 
we have all these different kinds of facilities. We have two restaurants as well. So we have all these things. So yeah, if you don't watch out, you just do not leave the house. <laughs> there's, there's, they've, they've really thought about, it's not just a, a membership or a, 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 it's not just a house where you go and have a dinner or a drink. You even have on the Sundays, you know, or on Saturdays, I don't know exactly which day it was again. Um, uh, you can bring your kids, mm. right? And your kids have a little kids uh, uh, corner. And, and, um, and, and then also you have kids movies where you could bring them and stuff. I remember coming with my two girls and, and uh, my wife was away. And uh, I was like, okay, we're going to Amsterdam. <laughs> so we took the car, but then took the tram some of the way, parked out, and then took the tram in, and we went to the movie. They loved it. We had the, we had the whole space to ourselves. Nice. Because it was one of the warmest <laughs> days, but we went and watched the movie, which is fantastic. And did you sit on the rooftop, at least? Huh? Sorry? On the roof? On the, we were on the rooftop with them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Of course, of course. They, we walked around and everything. No, it was good. Nice. It was good. So, so... You're now in Soho House. You're now telling this story of creativity. You're now, I would say, uh, you know, Janaku was fun, but I think Soho House is that next level where you can now, you know, be, uh, say, you know, be that, be the voice for a company that 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 reaches further. And you started by talking about how the Dutch uh, creative industry or or, or, or or art industry was kind of closed off. You would say, like the museum industry and stuff. Do, have you seen that change? Have you been able to influence that in any way, shape, or form in what you do? Or do you still feel that there's a lot to be done there? So when I got into advertising, um, I was practically the only black woman um, not at reception or not being a cleaner. You know, um, I had a neek, but both we were most the most exotic in the office, um, which was fine, which was cool. Um, and then I went to another advertising office uh, agency, also there with an Indian lady. We were the only two people of color. Fine, prima, just do your work. Um, and at staff the same. So. Uh, when I took that break and started thinking about, okay, what made me happy, I also started thinking like, okay, but what was my experience at these agencies and um, how was the culture? And um, <laughs> I figured, I started realizing that every agency I was at, advertising agency, I came against... And this is just my term because that's the way for me to express myself best is I came against this or walked into or, you know, a cold, not a glass ceiling, but a cultural ceiling. Mm. And um, I just started thinking like, what is the difference beside my, beside the color of my skin? What's the difference? with me and all my surroundings. Um, and then um, also what I need to say is like in each environment I was in, besides the fact that it's not, the job I was doing was not totally for me because it doesn't, I, I believe that you should do a job that comes naturally to you and also makes you happy. Um, so the jobs I was doing didn't really come naturally to, naturally to me. I really had to push and I was, uh, at one point 
pretty stressed out as well. Um, but then I, I start, I, I realized like, um, I am a Ghanaian woman born and raised in the Netherlands. I speak Dutch. I mean, like when I speak to people on the phone, they think I'm a blonde Laura or something. <laughs> um, but then I'm raised with African values. I shouldn't talk to an elderly. I should respect a person. I should wait my turn. All these kinds of things. Dutch people yeah. are raised with their own opinions, speak what you think, uh, yada, yada, yada. You know, there's a difference. So in advertising, it's really like you have to fight kind of thing. But I didn't do that because it's not in my nature. It's not like the values that I got. So I'm entering in an environment into a culture that's not my own. And they're not going to change for me. That's how it is because that's, that's, that's the majority and that's how it's set up, which is fine. But I kept entering into those kinds of spaces, which did not give me the opportunity to grow. And that's where my cultural ceiling came because I saw people left and right getting promotions, but I didn't. And again, you know, I was doing a job that's not, you know, task that didn't come naturally to me, but it was also culture <clears throat> that you're stepping in. Yeah. And at Soho House, where um, that difference came is one, I'm doing communication, something I love to do every day, but also I really believe that the type of people that they hire, they come from Spain, they come from Germany, Italy, our director of membership, she's from Nigeria, our membership um, member events manager, she's from Somalia. Um, there's so, so many cult different cultures. Um, that that is part of the DNA of Soho House and that is what they respect. So that's also how they work. And that's therefore an environment where I'm able to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why Soho House works for me because it's very mixed and very international. And that made me realize like, um, it's a choice if your agency is like that. Or do you want to make use of other cultures as well so you can adapt and develop? Um, and I think the Dutch, especially advertising agency culture or, or you know, um, has a lot to do. Um, but is that also because the agencies in Holland are really focused on the Dutch market versus agencies in but London? The Dutch and market is mixed. Yeah. The people you're talking to exactly. is mixed. So they need to... They need to understand and yeah. diversify and understand the message has to be diversified as well. Exactly. Yes. And I appreciate the effort of, you know, all these agencies also adjusting their messaging, but start by hiring also the people who have different backgrounds, because that is what makes you much richer. Mm -hmm. um, so very funny when i just started at soho house i got this assignment <laughs> i was busy enough anyway but i got this assignment um to start this program in the netherlands and it's called open house mm -hmm. so impact open house 
So they started it in London because this issue in London is that um, the creative industry is for the rich kids. Yeah. And the rich kids are mainly white. Um, and, you know, they get into the creative industry because they have an uncle or the dad or blah, 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 who's able to give them the job. But, pe- yeah, the kids in, in, um, in the, um, uh, <coughs> that's, uh, in, in the neighborhoods that are, that are, um, yeah, yeah, I forgot the I forgot the word anyway. Um, it's like in America, the projects, for example. Kind of, yeah. The hood. The hood. No, well, <laughs> don't start. Uh, but yeah, let's say the projects of of London, where mm. you have so much talent, but they don't have a chance. So they started this program, whereby they connect the members who have tons of experience and tons of knowledge, and you know are. CEOs, managers, whatever, they connected these kids to uh, members and developed this 16-week program. So they're like, Charlene, we need to do it in the Netherlands as well. What is the, is there a problem? What is the problem? Let me know. I was like, yes, definitely. Um, first of all, first and foremost, the creative industry in the Netherlands is very closed off. It's very sorry for throwing in these Dutch words but um, we know we are like you know it's just a small yeah, yeah. it's like it's very closed off yeah. community um, so even for 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 kids that come from the academy or school it's very hard to get that first job in the creative industry right so that's one that's very lastig um, <laughs> Difficult. Sorry, it's Nika talking. Difficult. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, which is very difficult. But then, um, again, I was the only black woman in a creative industry. And, or not in the creative industry, sorry, cut that out. Um, in an agency. So, I guess because I was always raised in a in a in an environment in delft uh where i was not scared of these spaces i just walked in i knew i had to be better i knew i had to work hard so let's go you know i can imagine that there are people other people who are like oh but that's not for me or what would they think or you know all these kinds of things we have to break that mm-hmm. break that barrier so I said, yeah, two things. It's it's very close off, but it's also not mixed enough. So what I did is um, I used to work at the municipality of Amsterdam in Southeast. Um, and there um, I had contact. I, I was in contact or we became we've become friends since uh, with Angelo Bromet, who is the um, uh, programmer for No Limit at the time which is, I want to say clubhouse again, but that's not it, but it's a community kind of community center. Community house, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told him like, look, I know you work a lot with kids and I know you have a lot of talented kids around you. I want to connect them to Soul House because again, those kids would never come to the center of Amsterdam Mm -hmm. and go into Soul House, Mm -hmm. never. No. So... I involved him in the program. I involved uh, Roots In, 
which is a really great platform, a great organization that uh, does um, uh, trainings. I involved them and yeah, we started a program and like the combinations, like the mentors and mentees that came out of that, it's amazing. Like we, we connected, we have this guy from Nike who was connected to a poet. Yeah. You know, if you if you see him, he has this big Rasta hair, <laughs> and then you have this shoe designer from Nike, who's this big guy, and we put them together, and they created stuff together. You know. And was that the goal for them to come together and create something, or create, more create, be inspired, mm -hmm. just be there for them, help say, them on their way? I would say get a new perspective as well, because that's very valuable. Like this perspective you wouldn't get when you stay in one part of the city mm -hmm. but when you go to another part of the city and really connect with other people exactly. then you really get yeah exactly yeah yeah so that was important for me that was important that that existed and till the day we're now in the second um the second uh, round let's say of, of students that we can connected to um professionals so so house members and yeah it's 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 insane what is coming out of that. Also, I think Maurice wants some more whiskey. I think so too. No, 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 right? no, 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 no. <laughs> it's still there. It's still there. Um, yeah. So, for instance, the the founder of this amazing production company called Halal, Gijs hmm. um, um, he was a member as well, and we connected him to this very talented but very shy. Uh, young man was 19 when he was in our program and um, yeah they would otherwise have never found each other and now the um, the boy is um, an intern at Halal um, and he even got um, got accepted to the film school I think it was in LA oh, wow. you know and guys really helped him with his confidence yeah. they created a movie together oh. Um, it's, it's just amazing what, what happens if you bring those worlds together. Mm -hmm. um, so that is what I really believe in and stand for. Yeah. And that mentorship. So, you know, who were, who were mentors in your, in your life that really, you know, molded who you are? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, um, I guess my professor, I had a professor in university who really believed in me, mm -hmm. Professor Klammer. Ario Klammer, he's amazing. Um, yeah, I finished my bachelor degree. Then I had a lot of, no, there was this uh, uh, student advisor who basically told me like, look, you finish your bachelor, you should be lucky, get a job because your master's, you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna take it. So I did my master's for her <laughs> just to show a point. Like, who do you think you are, lady something something? I don't even know her name, otherwise I would tell it. Anyway, um, and then I had this professor called Ario Klammer, and I had, um, what were his courses? It was the economics of art. And I was pretty good at his classes. Uh, I really liked it. So um, he was a really good, he was a professor that really vouched for me. Okay. Um, when I finished my master's degree, I, so I did research, uh, with his help. I finished my master's degree. 
he wrote me uh, wrote a recommendation letter for me to go to New York. And he even visited me at the museum at the oh, time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So nice. it was really nice. Um, I don't speak to him anymore, though. Uh, but yeah, he was he was a really good, good one. Good example. I would say that just gave me that push, you know, believed in me and was kind of a mentor for me. Okay. And who are you mentoring now? I'm not mentoring anyone <laughs> at the moment. Um, do you feel you're ready to mentor anyone? Or do you still, are you still learning? I think I'm still learning because mm -hmm. the other day a girl uh, reached out to me. She just sent me an email saying like, hey, I saw your profile on LinkedIn and um, I just finished from the Willem de Koning and I'm trying to, you know, think about what I want to do. Do you want to do a coffee or anything? Mm -hmm. And I said, sure. I used to do this as well. Mm -hmm. So smart. So definitely going to help you. So we did a Zoom call. And we had a conversation, but I, I, I noticed that I was kind of impatient a bit, but um, I think she had, uh, it went well. And, and I gave her the advice, you know, just that I have, that I know. But yeah, I still need to learn. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you talk about, <clears throat> you know, your struggles of finding the cultural ceiling in your previous um, uh, roles and at Soa House, finally that ceiling disappeared, let's say, in, in, in one way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and these ad agencies that still have that, there are many out there still. Do you, you know, these recent events, these past few days, mm -hmm. weeks, week or two, especially in the U.S., you know, um, around, around the rights uh, of, of, of the African-American and so on, and it's you know, coming here over the pond, as they say, yeah. here to Europe. Do you believe that that is the start to change that here? Or, or do you, what do you, what's your feeling about that? And how, and, 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 and how that's going to impact, let's say, the diversification in the creative industry here? Yeah. Um, I think it creates, um, how do you say it? It creates, pressure for people to look at themselves i hope they do and i hope they don't just neglect it um, how do you say it just pay attention to it um do you feel it's different now because there's been many occasions that this has also happened even here in holland uh, you know we've we've had also police brutality you, you hear it uh, you can go on about you know the, the christmas tradition and so on but do you feel it's a it's different now than it was than it has been previously or do you are you are you kind of thinking it might be the same kind of cycle that we're in as before no it's different no it's different and why or is it just a feeling it's it it all started with the statement that we made on the dumb mm -hmm. that was like an impactful statement that you cannot not not see you know, you have to. And it, it, it reaches farther than just police brutality. It's just also accepting. What, what do you say to those people that, uh, on the dumb, mm -hmm. yes, it was a statement, right? Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of people saying, well, you know, corona, this, corona, that. What do you say to those people that are kind of, kind of trying to shove the statement under the blankets, as you can say, and bringing the other subject forward, what do you, 
what would you say to those that are focusing on the corona issue and not necessarily the statement that was made they are missing the point and they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to understand mm -hmm. um their focus is totally somewhere else and i'm like you're choosing to not understand yeah um it's a choice by yeah yeah I don't know. You, ha you have people that think that way. And I, I, I want to say I get it, and I do, but you're missing the point of what we're standing for. And it goes way back, way back. And when is the right time? And how long should we wait? You know? Um, I mean, even with the Swarte Piet gebeuren and... and yeah, I'm lost for words, and it's also insane. And I have to say, like, I have to admit, when I was younger, I celebrated Sinterklaas, and I accepted Sorte Piet. And <coughs> just um, for the context for those who aren't sorry, Dutch, I mean, it'd be good to kind of explain what Sinterklaas is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is no, yeah. So, 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 so Sinterklaas is a national holiday um, that uh, celebrates Santa Claus coming to town, and 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 giving children gifts but if the children have been naughty then you have this kind of joker who is blackface um to uh set the children straight and this joker this blackface has you know thick lips red lips earrings golden earrings um and the reference is just black people and it's wrong <laughs> it's wrong in in in, in all ways um but going back to the statement on the dumb is is kind of we always have to fight and we're tired and it should stop so yeah companies have to also think like what are we doing and why are we I mean, the creative industry, why are we hiring just this profile? Yeah. And um, how can we make sure that we're more of a representation of, <laughs> of society? Because if you're, and I'm ref referring to ad agencies, if you're an ad agency and it's your job that you communicate like, you know, messaging and for radio, social, TV, then make sure it's correct and it's coming from the right, the right source, like the right. Because um, all these, the right way, all these yeah. companies, you know, all these global companies, local companies, are all they're coming with their messaging of mm -hmm. their stance and then and, and then how they, how they feel or or you know how the company understands on what's happening now um what is your what is your opinion or your reflection on that um some are good because it's always in it has always been in their dna mm -hmm. i think that's yours do you hear that yeah oh <laughs> You can start in a bit on to some are good. <laughs> it's in their DNA. You okay going this into it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes. Cool. 
Um, some are good, but some just do it because it's there's peer pressure. We have to say something because if we don't, then we look crazy or you know, and that's not what we want, and just saving your reputation kind of thing. But how, how can you tell when a company does that? How can because you tell when never, it's sincere versus versus it's purely a marketing ploy? Yeah, because um, they've never uh, embraced it in their communication in their and values. in their values to start with. I saw online the other day that this lady, she posted like, I am not going to post all these statements by companies unless you show me the recruitment, how many people of color you have. You show me a picture of your board. You show me what the stance is or what like pregnant women get. You show me what you do in your recruitment and where you go to get the right people for your company. So like all these it's things. It's diversification of, 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 the, of, of the company. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, make a picture of your team. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, I, I read a magazine often, but the other day, um, I bought the Vogue magazine because it had a really, really good and strong um, cover with all these different models. And even one of our mentees was on the cover, Mm. which was really cool. But then, you know, you go through it and then you see that page, a note from the editor. And it said like, because this is the first edition that we're making from home we're making a picture of all the colleagues that were working from home i saw nobody of color no one and that hurt me so much because you just i like bought Vogue. the magazine huh you just gave them your money <laughs> <laughs> i should have <laughs> No, I, I, I like folk. I mm. like just, just the storytelling and, you know, I, and I do see the effort that they make in also the selection of, you know, guest writers, sections about, you know, colored skin, um, models of color. I see it. I see it. But then when I saw the, the team, like, it hurts. And then I can, I don't know why it is. Maybe because, you know, it's also a, a, a social thing. Like people of interest or they feel, they feel um, connected. So they're easily, you know, going to, um, they easily get the job or go for the job. Because if I was a student, for instance, in our, program we have a great writer great writer and she's also dark but she's also very young very talented but very young and if i can imagine that if she she, i can imagine that she would not 
apply to a Vogue because the barrier is too high because you're like, that's not for me. I don't fit in that team. Fortunately, she's also connected to a very strong Surinamese writer. So I'm, I'm very curious what the, uh, what the outcome will be. Um, but we need more people of, you know, that position, that reputation, um, who do that to be an example for those young, young girls and boys. Um, it needs to be a reflection of, of society. Yeah. But that's so how you're creating your own environment, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah. me, my statement is like, I have to communicate that this is a place of color. And I'm not talking about just color only black, but mm -hmm. it's, it's like, um, how do you say it? Asian, Moroccan, African, everything. It should be colored. Punto. Um, and our membership team does a very good job to do that. Gapi, for instance, um, I love him to death. He's really good. Um, and he's really, he has a vision. And Gapi is, uh, used to be the membership, the head of membership over the membership manager for Amsterdam. And he was very specific about who he would invite for the creative community. So when we just opened, I remember like our first day was, um, the committee members, their husbands or wife, close friends, and that's it. Yep. And what was so amazing is that you would see how a Dutch writer journalist would connect with a artist who's from the hip hop scene and they're like, yo, you here? I haven't seen you in five years. The last time was the Duifel. Yeah. But <laughs> you would see a, someone from royalty go to someone from Daily Paper and say, are you from Daily Paper? Can I please make a picture because my son is in love with you? You know, those crossovers, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And the membership team did a very good selection. I'm going to give them props. Kapi Alem. Keisha Heldorn, <laughs> you guys are amazing. Like, yeah. So, so in Amsterdam, that team is amazing. It's 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 you know bringing in that diversification and creativity and and, 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 and color in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, do you see that being done throughout Soa House, or do you see also your 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 goal also to grow it through the whole of Soa House? Soa House has it in its DNA. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I'm lucky to have stepped into this team. And um, Soul House is trying. Um, but I have a feeling that we still, especially for UK, that we still need to work on perception, outside perception, because it's still seen as an elite club. Yeah, okay. And... The first time I walked in, the first time I went to Soul House, I was, I was sitting in the waiting room and I saw this guy with sneakers and Rasta hair just going to the front desk, giving him his pass and like, hey, how are you? And then going to the gym and then I saw someone else, like all these cool people. But it was so chic and so, you know, nice. So I, w I did not expect those people in that setting. 
But because of the contrast, I loved it. No. I loved it because we should be able to enter any space yeah. and feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Cool. One of the last questions I have, we're, I think we're rounding can I, can I ask a question oh. before you do your last question? Well, I have two more questions oh. for her. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for me, I mean, maybe it's the question you had. It's more about um, uh, not really mentorship, but what would be your advice for that, for for someone who is in the same shoes you were in um, um, years ago with that cultural ceiling, what is your word of advice to help them, you know, break through that and to grow and really go to where they want to be? It's a good question because first, when you started your question, I wanted to say stay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then it's tough, it's hard. It's hard to be in a, in a environment that is not your own. So depending on what position you have, t- try to come up with projects maybe that will elevate the company, but it's different kind of, or give input. Um, So for instance, um, I have this ambition to just create this Rolodex of amazing talent, but then of the African diaspora, Mm -hmm. because I want them to have gigs at Harper's and, you know, in media and at a Tommy Hilfiger, et cetera. Uh, Charlene is your go-to person for if you want a different vision in your campaign, if you're ready for it. Yeah. Funny, that's actually my follow-up question. Where do you see yourself? But you're answering it now that that's really where you want to Yeah. want to make the difference. That's where you see your, mm-hmm. that's where you want to basically make the change that you can make. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, 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 I wouldn't say easier, but I have to closest connection to 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 creators from the african diaspora i see that every time i see an artwork or something creative on social um it's automatically someone from the african continent so yeah i want to follow up on that 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 um that feeling um but my advice yeah so going back to your question about what advice i would give um It's a tough one, but then, yeah, let your input be very, very unique. Mm -hmm. Don't conform to your environment, you know, give that because your experience and your vision is the added value to a company. So never change and be strong in that. And they should accept you for that. Um, if it's as an account manager or creative or something, just, just make sure that you like, how do you say it? Um, shake that ground up and make that difference Mm -hmm. in, in wherever you're sitting. Yeah. Okay. What's your, yeah, I was just curious before we started recording, 
uh, for the listeners that obviously don't know that uh, Charlene is from uh, Ghana and uh, Maurice is from uh, Nigeria okay. and I overheard <laughs> a small battle and I was wondering what is it all about? What's the battle about? <laughs> there isn't a there isn't a battle. It's 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 just a it's just a fact that you know Nigerians <laughs> make the best jello rice um, <laughs> um, known to man. I think Ghanaians, you drank a Ghanaians. bit too much, Maurice. No, like, well, you know, yeah. it's, it's just so yeah. I mean, that's 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 something you know. That's that's the great thing, and I think also you know you talked about that connection with Africa or you know with Africa, and I guess you know. Uh, West Africa or, or Sub-Saharan Af- Africa and you know I have the same and I really you know like to hear that that you feel really connected to to that culture and I guess it's also kind of what because you never grew up in Ghana but yet you know you you embrace that culture a lot and that's really I guess down to your uh, your, your upbringing right yeah you would mention um yeah <laughs> it's funny because when I was younger Ghana was for me like, oh, you know. It wasn't Ghana, it was Ghana. <laughs> it was Ghana. Um, it's, it's so behind and yeah. But as you grow older and also start to realize more about yourself, but where you also stand in society, um, Someone told me, he, he, my uncle, he really put me in my place. He's like, Charlene, even though you're born in the Netherlands, you have African blood in you. So you cannot, you know, act as if that's not in you. That's you. And sooner or later, you have to embrace it. So that's what I'm doing in my own way. Um, I went to Ghana first time in 28 years. Last year only. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, I, it took me too long. It was too she long. She starts to go to Lagos, huh? so that's why she can't really talk about that jello rice uh, <laughs> competition. But, um, but it, it was it was amazing, it was you know, it was great. Um, it's and a beautiful it, country, uh, Ghana. Did yeah. you travel around? Uh, no, so I was only in Accra, yeah. Um, I wanna. I already told one of my best friends like, we. I'm gonna take you to Ghana next year, 2021. So we're gonna travel. I've been, been to Ghana. Yeah. Have you? I've been. Oh my gosh, what brought you there? Uh, a project I did with a, a yeah a, a brand that makes chocolate from the, from Holland. Yeah. And we went there with the whole team, and yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It changed my perspective on a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I think it's very important for a lot of people just to go there. Or to go to India, or to go to whatever, mm-hmm. just to experience a different life. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just embracing my heritage, and it's only f- since a few years. But also, it's you know because I have passion for art. Like even though I cannot create myself, I can talk about it for hours. That 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 is what makes me good at communications like if Mm. i believe in you if i believe in the product that lies before me i can tell you about it and make you a fan as well and um yeah i what i learned from art is that you know art always has like a deeper layer so if you go to a museum and you look at an artwork you appreciate it 
But when you read the meaning by it, behind it or the statement, you appreciate it more because you're like, oh, is that what I'm seeing? Oh, is that what he means? And then you get it. It brings you satisfaction because yeah. you get it. And I think for me, that is what I bring in my profession as well. So uh, if I need to communicate a brand, I always start with the brand values. What do you stand for? What is you know, what, what are, what is the brand built upon? And then through either content creation or in storytelling, I bring that, um, I bring that to the consumer as well, because I think that is what makes a consumer connect to you as a brand. Yeah. So that's what I learned from art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic. I think that's a nice way to end the show. Yes. And, and Charlene, thank you very much for, for coming. You're it's, welcome. It's, it's been a while, Thanks unfortunately. Thanks for having me. I know, right? Um, I'll come to Rijswijk very soon because I miss <laughs> those ladies. But, um, you know, I really still want you to come to Lagos with me because that will open up your eyes as well. I will. <laughs> and I think you will fall in love with the Nigerian uh, jollof rice <laughs> and everything we have to offer back in Lagos. I will. And uh, no, but thank you very much for, for, for being here. Thank you very much for the wise words and, 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 and willing to have the conversation, the difficult conversa sure. conversation about, you know, the, the struggles or, you know, the, 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 the hurdles you had to go. So mm -hmm. really, thank you very much for being open about that. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah. And keep up the great work. I love this show. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks a lot. <laughs>